0: Do you ever feel like this? Does your house ever feel like this? You know, I think each and every one of us here, at the very least, have days that are reminiscent of this. But I think even more so that there's those of us here who would say, my life feels like this. But I want to encourage you today to look at this right now, but to hopefully look at it with different eyes and in a different perspective. I want to share a passage with you today. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 7, and this is what it says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people. And check that out. His treasured possession. Now that last little line there that you see, his treasured possession, what's getting translated there in Deuteronomy 7, treasured possession, comes from a Hebrew word that looks like this and is pronounced Segula. Can you say segula? Segula. Now, segula gets translated, as we've seen, treasured possession or treasure, but it carries a connotation that's somewhat different in that it it tends to have a a sense that it is treasured not because of its intrinsic value or worth, but because of how the owner looks at it. You know, I think a lot of us in this room probably can think of that one thing. That thing that we own that we would call a treasured possession. It's special to us. Now, we probably couldn't get a buck on it on eBay. But we wouldn't trade it for a million. You know what I mean? It's like like that art project that your daughter made you when she was in kindergarten. Or a homemade card That you cherish or maybe it's like an autograph or an autographed copy of something uh, of a player who, who carries no like financial weight in the market but he means everything to you maybe it's a family heirloom but it's that thing that you'd say my house could burn down it can be cleaned out by thieves but this this means everything that's a segula That's what Deuteronomy translates treasured possession. I think of my own. It is in my mom's freezer. It is a now hermetically sealed package of Philadelphia cream cheese. What makes this cream cheese significant is that if you look at the date stamp in the top right corner, it says best used by June 7th of 1978. Mm. I discovered this in the mid-80s. We were doing a deep clean, And I went, oh my gosh, we cannot get rid of this mom. And she's like, are you kidding me? We cannot get rid of this mom. And I got to tell you, for like the last 25 years of my life, despite the fact that I've moved several times, I have fought with her, argued with her, begged with her, pleaded with her, threatened her that she would not see her grandchildren again, talked to her about nursing homes someday, if in fact she dared get rid of the Philadelphia cream cheese. It was 49 cents. There's a coupon offer on the back. I'm hoping to send it in someday. My deep and abiding feeling is that someday, if I wait long enough, this will become an alternate fuel source. But to me, this cream cheese is everything. I remember earlier this summer when the storms came in, and a lot of people, uh, especially in the western suburbs where my mom lives, remember this? They lost power for days on end. Now, where does my mind go? Oh, no. What about the cream cheese? Mom, you've got to save the cream cheese. I am very glad to tell you this morning that the cream cheese made it through catastrophe successfully. But do you have something like that? Something that no one else would want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Something that you couldn't get a buck for. But to you, it means everything. That is a segula. And that's what you are to God. And you go through the Bible and you see that God loves the segulas everywhere. Because a segula is a lot like an underdog. You know what I mean? Here's a picture uh, of what I think captures it. Now let me try to go across generational lines here. It's kind of like Diary of a Wimpy Kid meets Ed Grimley meets Arnold Horshack meets I don't know who the nerd of your day was before that, all right? This is a Segula. It's the guy who's always picked last at kickball. You know, you know what I mean. We've been there. It's the one who always sticks out. It's the one who wants to be a ninja or a samurai warrior. It's Napoleon Dynamite. Are are you with me? And God takes Segulas throughout history and says, You are priceless. You are treasured to me. I think of Abraham. You know, we think of Abraham. I mean, pillar of the Bible. Right? I mean, do you know the story of Abraham? How, like, he he got afraid that, well, let's just put it bluntly, his wife was hot. Okay? Not my words, the Bible's. His wife was stinking, smoking hot. And they come to this region, and, and the king sees his wife and falls in love. And Abraham, being the man that he was, starts getting afraid. And you know what he tells the king? She's my sister, man. She's my sister. Do with her as you want. Okay, way to stick up for your loved one, right? Way to go, men. Not once, but twice, Abraham plays this card, and God looks at him. And he says, you are treasured and priceless to me. And through him, God moved mountains. I think of Moses. See, God calls this guy named Moses who's hiding out in the desert, thinking his life was over. He was on top. He was... In succession to the throne of the superpower of the day, he was rich, he was powerful, he was astute, he was famous. In many ways, his value was defined by how people viewed him and the things that he owned and the abilities he thought he possessed. And in a moment, it was all taken away. Have you had moments like that? Where for years you felt like you were on top. And then in a moment... The market dries up. The company downsizes. Your spouse tells you, I don't love you anymore. And in a moment, everything that defined your worth is stripped away. And that's Moses living this way out in the desert for 40 years. And God comes to him. And he says, Moses, I want you to go back into Egypt and be my spokesman. I want you to be my spokesman before the kings of the earth. But do you know what the problem with it is? Moses stuttered. He had a speech impediment. He probably got up in front of a crowd of people and got stage fright deep in his bones and would rather die a thousand deaths than ever think of having eight other people hear his voice. He's the kind of guy that couldn't stand to listen to himself on an answering machine. You know what I mean? And God says, I choose you to be my spokesman and to do great things because God chooses Segulus. There's this guy, his name is Gideon, and it's a rough time for Israel. They're weak and they're small and they're being oppressed by the nations around. And God comes to the weakest of the weak, the smallest of the small, a man named Gideon. And he says, greetings, mighty warrior. Do you want to see Gideon? We actually happen to find a, a picture of him you know here he is <laughs> and he says through you i am going to deliver israel you and you alone you and 300 men against thousands upon thousands and upon thousands and god does it i think of elijah these prophets in the bible who finds himself out in the desert praying to god that he would just die because he feels like his life is a failure I even think of Jesus who was an underdog, right? For most of his life. And God uses them all. Because God sees the weak things of this world, the worthless things of this world, the average, the substandard, the failures. And he says, you... You are precious to me, my segula. You know, Deuteronomy 7, in fact, it goes on to even describe when God comes to the people of Israel and says, you are my treasured possession, why that is in fact. He says, the Lord didn't set his affection on you because you're awesome. For you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it was because the Lord Loved you. So many times we seek to define our value and find our worth and the way that people think of us or in the way that people think of ourselves. But what the Bible seems to say is that it is enough that for God to choose you and love you to define your worth. God loves the cegula. You are not worthless. You are priceless to God. Paul writes, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. God chose you. And that is enough. God loves you. And that is enough to give you more worth and value than anything in this world. Now, when you came in this morning... You probably sat on those connection packets like normal, right? And, And I just want you to take it out for a moment. Do you see that blank little sheet of paper on top? What I'd like you to do is take out a pen right now. I'd like you to take out a pen and take that little piece of paper. And I would just like you to write, I am dot, dot, dot. Now I want you to spend a few moments. And I want you to think about what the predicate of that sentence is in your life. I am useless. I am worthless. I am defined by what I produce. I am only as valuable as they tell me. I am worth how much money I make. I am my skill set. I am my job. What is it that you tell yourself and the voice in your head whispers that seeks to define your worth? Do you have that this morning that describes how you feel? What motivates you? I want to encourage you to a moment of honesty this morning to write it down. It's for your eyes alone. I'm not collecting these. No one's going to see them, all right? It's for your eyes alone, but I encourage you to take a moment this morning in a place of vulnerable honesty to write down how you feel, how you think of that worth, Do you have it? See, in a moment, we're going to come up and we're going to commune today. We're going to commune today because Jesus thought that you were worth something. And he continues to think that today. Jesus treasures you so much that he was willing to to die for you. Now it's a pretty valuable thing anytime someone is willing to give their life for another. I think you'd agree, but it strikes me as an exceptionally valuable thing. When the God of the universe will come down and humble himself and the God of the universe will die for you, but that is how treasured you are to God. Priceless segula in a moment i'm going to invite you to come on up we're going to come and we're going to commune i'm going to say take this bread and eat take this cup and drink and remember your value to god and as you do i want you to bring that paper up whatever it is that you think you're worth however it is you define yourself to crumple it up and throw it in the heap. And to trade God's value of you for your own. So, our Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you because you are treasured to me. He took a cup after supper and he gave thanks to God that he could go to his death for you. And he said, drink of this, all of you. This is my blood and I shed it for you willingly and freely for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this. Remember how valuable you are to me. To those of you here this morning that feel worthless, useless, hopeless, or failure, defined by what people say, defined by your place in life, defined by your things, defined by your abilities, may you hear God this morning saying, you're segula. You're segula to me. Welcome to the table of the Lord.